And now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day to get a serious handle on this problem of threatening political figures because of their politics, presumably. Uh, the uh, San Francisco police have confirmed that the suspect in the attack on 82-year-old uh, Paul Pelosi, the husband of Nancy Pelosi, he apparently is right now uh, still undergoing brain surgery. He's expected to recover, which means that at age 82, he has more years of life. He's had a tough couple of months, but... Uh, uh, with this, uh, Nancy Pelosi was not there, though the attack appears to have been meant to her. Uh, we know something about her assailant, and it's frankly, it's fascinating. We will get to that. We will also be talking about 12,500 people arrested in Iran in the ongoing protest. There are also at least 300 people who have been killed in the street fighting and more in Iran. Is that country on the verge of revolution? We'll be speaking to a reporter who has been on scene in the Islamic Republic. Uh, we will also be talking about a potential breakthrough uh, that uh, could even occur here in the state of Washington. A breakthrough not just on uh, politics, because we do have a very hotly contested Senate race, but a breakthrough on the issue of school choice, uh, which is uh, an important priority, it seems to me, for any conservative reformers. And we will also be talking about a couple of very important movies that are released today. One of them, a, a very intense film about the lynching in 1955 of a 14-year-old black boy from Chicago whose name was Emmett Till. The movie is called Till, and it's about his mother's long and very dedicated fight for justice. Uh, we will also be reviewing a new film, uh, which is a true crime story also. It's a film uh, starring Eddie Redmayne, Oscar winner, and uh, Jessica Chastain, uh, Oscar winner. And uh, it's a film called The Good Nurse, uh, based on one of the most prolific serial killers in the history of the world uh, presumably murdered 400 people uh, getting to that as well a cheerful day well not when there are new reports of a rising tide of sadness uh, going on all around the world uh, that's reported by David Brooks why is that the case and why should the United States be included we will get to that as well on the Michael Medved show. Okay, first up, here was the announcement uh, by the San Francisco police about successfully apprehending the suspect in the attack on Nancy Pelosi's six million dollar home. The press, of course, puts that in because that's what its assessed value is. Uh, here is the uh, the attack apparently occurred two in the morning and here is the uh, the way it was announced by the by the cops in San Francisco. Listen. 
At approximately 2.27 this morning, San Francisco police officers were dispatched to the residence of Speaker Nancy Pelosi regarding an A-priority well-being check. When the officers arrived on scene, they encountered an adult male and Mr. Pelosi's husband, Paul. Our officers observed Mr. Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. Our officers immediately tackled the suspect, disarmed him, took him into custody, requested emergency backup, and rendered medical aid. The suspect has been identified as 42-year-old David DePepe. Mr. Pelosi and Mr. DePepe were transported to a local hospital for treatment. This is an active investigation currently being led by the San Francisco Police Department Special Investigations Division. It does sound, doesn't it, that based upon what he said, that the actual attack with the hammer uh, occurred after the police arrived. And uh, so they were able to uh, protect Paul Pelosi from being killed. The uh, man who allegedly attacked House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband early Friday, it's 2.27 in the morning, uh, posted memes and conspiracy theories on Facebook about COVID vaccines, the 2020 election, and, of course, the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. And an acquaintance told uh, CNN that he seemed out of touch with reality. Uh, David uh, DePape, uh, 42, was identified by police today as the suspect. Two of DePape's relatives told CNN that he is estranged from his family and confirmed that the Facebook account, which was taken down by the social media company on Friday today, that the account did belong to him. His stepfather, Jean DePape, said that uh, uh, David, his stepson, grew up in Powell River, British Columbia, and left Canada about 20 years ago, so when he was 22, to pursue a relationship that brought him to California. Wow. Uh, the, um, uh, I really don't know what to think, the suspect's uncle, Mark DePape, said of his nephew's alleged attack on Pelosi. Uh, hopefully it's a scam. I don't want to hear something like that. Well, you're going to hear a lot about it. The assailant tried to tie up Paul Pelosi in the home attack, shouting, where's Nancy, where's Nancy? Last year, he posted links on his Facebook page to multiple videos produced by my Pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, alleging that the 2020 election was stolen. Uh, other posts included transphobic images and linked to websites claiming COVID vaccines were deadly and were a tool of mass murder. The death rates being promoted are what they want to be promoted as the death rate, one post said. Um, DePape also posted links to YouTube videos with titles like Democrat Farce Commission to investigate Jan 6th Capitol riot collapses in Congress, and of course, global elites plan to take control of your money. He um, also posted content about the Great Reset, the sprawling conspiracy theory 
that global elites are using coronavirus to usher in a new world order in which they gain more power and oppress the masses. And he complained that politicians making promises to try to win votes, quote, are offering you bribes in exchange for your further enslavement. Most of the public posts on DePape's Facebook page were from 2021. In earlier years, he also posted long screeds about religion, including his theory that Jesus was the Antichrist. And none of the public posts appeared to mention Pelosi. Two former acquaintances of DePape's in California told CNN he exhibited concerning behavior over the years. Well, you'd, you'd hope that someone would pay attention to all of this collection of conspiratorial memes and citations, I, as conspiracy theories can ruin your life. Uh, I mean, ruin your life in a very serious way, as appears to be the case here. Uh, Linda Schneider said she got to know De Pepe roughly eight years ago and that he would occasionally house-sit for her. When they met, she said, De Pepe was living in a storage unit in Berkeley and told her he had been struggling with hard drugs but was trying to create a new life for himself. Thank God he only had a hammer. Uh, we will get back to more on this, plus updates on the revolutionary violence in uh, Iran and um, much more. Coming up on the Medved Show. On the Michael Medved Show, still getting more details about the attack on Nancy Pelosi's home uh, at two approximately 2.30 in the morning this morning. And uh, it, it turns out that uh, there's a question about how the attacker, who has been identified as David DePepe, how he entered the house. Apparently, he smashed a series of windows and a glass door coming in from the patio, yeah, coming in from some of the greenery around uh, the $6 million home. And... Uh, and uh, apparently the police found out about this because in confrontation, uh, while uh, the apparently the assailant wasn't looking, he was searching for Nancy and said many times, where's Nancy, where's Nancy? Uh, Paul Pelosi was able to dial 911 and uh, was able to get the police there. It took them some time to subdue the attacker. Uh, it, it turns out that there's now information that he had some criminal justice issues in the past, not specifically clear which one. And uh, this David uh, DePape uh, also had severe mental health issues. He was living in a storage unit in the Berkeley area. And uh, he told a friend that he had been struggling with hard drugs but was trying to create a new life for himself. That friend later received really disturbing emails from DePepe in which he sounded like a megalomaniac and so out of touch with reality. She said she stopped communicating with him because it seemed so dangerous, adding that uh, she recalled him 
using biblical justification to do harm. This is somebody who was not a biblical scholar, was clearly not a conventional Christian. He had left a whole series of emails suggesting that he thought Jesus of Nazareth was the Antichrist. Uh, and um, this is one of life's losers. And somebody who actually uh, probably should have had some attention paid to him uh, given uh, his record and the disturbed nature of the kind of stuff that he posted on the Internet. The, the reason I, I make this point is that embracing conspiracy theories can threaten your life can ruin your life, not just threaten your life. It, it can, it can uh, lead you to things of this nature because if you believe that there is some insane conspiracy and uh, that, uh, for instance, uh, mass shootings are actually false flag operations and you, you come to embrace the belief that uh, the... the uh, murdered children of Newtown were actually crisis actors or they were fakes or they were fake bodies. Or The, the point is, it makes you feel powerless. It convinces you that the world around you is malevolent and that there's nothing that you can do about it. Uh, one of the things that is a key to human happiness and, and this is a, a huge problem because there are a series of studies that are written about in the New York Times today about this worldwide surge in unhappiness. And it began before the pandemic. Obviously, the pandemic contributed to that with all the shutdowns, the dislocation, and the death of a million Americans died. But with all of that, even before the pandemic, we had begun this surge in unhappiness, um, misery, people rating their own lives negatively. It's, uh, it, it's a shocking situation and a very serious one. Uh, Laura Hayes, who also lives in California, said she worked with David DePape for a few months, roughly a decade ago, making hemp bracelets. When he was living in a storage shed, well, it must be the same same storage shed. How do you live in a storage shed? It, is it is it legal if you are renting a storage shed to actually go in there and sleep with the stuff that you have stored? Uh, she said uh, De Pape sold the hemp bracelets as a business. He was very odd. You think he didn't make eye contact very well? Hayes said. She recalled him saying that he talks to angels and there will be a hard time coming. But she didn't remember any seriously threatening comments and said she didn't think much of it because it's Berkeley, a place where eccentric characters aren't uncommon. Now, having lived in Berkeley for four years myself, uh, and I often say that my four years in Berkeley were two of the happiest weeks of my life. I mean, I, I, Berkeley helped to make me a conservative because it, it truly is. Um, oh, here's a local website which just uh, published a photo of a man named David DePape in December 2013. 
in which uh, he was described as a friend of a nudity activist planning a naked wedding in Berkeley, California. By the way, that was not my experience in, in Berkeley. Uh, this is this is all amazing. What what is good and positive about this is that across the board there has been a, a good deal of appropriate and admirable uh, declarations by people on every side of the uh, political firmament uh, expressing sympathy for and support for and prayers for Paul Pelosi and for Nancy Pelosi. The uh, President Biden spoke to Nancy Pelosi to express his support after this horrible attack. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the president is praying for Paul Pelosi and for Speaker Pelosi's whole family. In a tweet, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader, said, horrified and disgusted by the reports that Paul Pelosi was assaulted in his and Speaker Pelosi's home last night. Grateful to hear that Paul is on track to make a full recovery and that law enforcement, including our stellar Capitol Police, are on the case. Uh, Representative Steve Scalise, who was almost killed, he, he was seriously injured, wounded, by a left-wing nut, a Bernie Sanders supporter, when they were doing a practice for the uh, Senate House baseball game, the congressional baseball game. Steve Scalise, who was the number two Republican in the House, uh, said, disgusted to hear about the horrific assault on Speaker Pelosi's husband, grateful for law enforcement's actions to respond. Let's be clear, he said, violence has no place in this country. I'm praying for Paul Pelosi's full recovery. And does that scent of violence in the air really mean that uh, we could have serious problems surrounding the upcoming election? We will talk about it, try to figure out some basis for optimism. This at a time when the Gallup poll says we are less optimistic than ever before. This for a country that's always had a can-do spirit. We will be right back on The MedVet Show. Thank God, I think we can say, we can all feel thankful that this is not a common incident of breaking into Nancy Pelosi's home, assaulting her 82-year-old husband with a hammer. He's uh, experiencing brain surgery. He's supposed to recover. I hope it goes well. And uh, again, it's uh, incredibly sad and it's alarming, but this comes at a time when you can put it in perspective. And the perspective is that this is not simply something of people on the extreme lunatic fringe of the right wing who uh, attack a prominent liberal. Uh, because there's another Californian. Uh, this is a bulletin from Associated Press, a federal judge in Maryland uh, said this week that there is a very high likelihood he will order a mental evaluation for a California man charged with trying to assassinate Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. U.S. District Judge Peter Masseet 
said uh, during a brief hearing that he believes a mental evaluation will show him whether Nicholas John Roski, 26, is fit to assist his defense, enter a possible guilty plea, or stand trial. No trial date has been set. Masid said he is likely to order a mental evaluation for Roski when the parties return after approximately 45 days for a subsequent hearing. Now, it, it's not a good thing if this guy, Nicholas John Roski, who was apprehended uh, stalking uh, Brett Kavanaugh's residence, it, it's, it's not a, a good thing for him to have 45 days out and about. I'm sorry, especially with this guy being a head case. There's also this, um, this from NPR. In April, an Alaskan man was sentenced to 32 months in prison after leaving threatening voicemails to uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski, Republican, and Dan Sullivan, Republican, the two uh, Republican senators from Alaska. He had said in those voicemails, I will find out all your properties and I will burn everything you hope to have and I will burn everything you own. That's what he said in a message to Murkowski asking whether the senator had seen what a 50 caliber shell does to a human head. Okay, when you go back and you look at the, uh, the would-be killer who shot Steve Scalise and other Republican members of Congress. Uh, this is, uh, first of all, uh, I, I do think there needs to be some attention, particularly for prominent members of Congress, to provide better protection. Because the idea that with Nancy Pelosi being a focus and being such a prominent focus herself of the people who broke into the Capitol building uh, that uh, who were also saying, where's Nancy, where's Nancy? We want to find Nancy. And uh, she needs protection. And uh, I, I, I do think uh, that obviously one of the questions will be what can be done to make sure that this election goes off without going completely off the rails and without being... Uh, the subject of agitation and conspiracy theories and difficulty. We're going to be speaking to A.B. Stoddard of Real Clear Politics about that, about Republicans making a pledge to do what we possibly can, starting today, now, to uh, just bring the temperature down a little bit. Because, for God's sake, when there are people in several states now who were out there camped uh, and some of them armed apparently around uh, drop boxes for mail-in ballots or for early ballots and uh, uh, lawsuits and charges about threatening people I mean for God's sake we're going to fight over drop boxes really uh, this is not a good or positive direction and it's a much bigger problem than just these few incidents David Brooks has a piece today that again everyone should pay attention to because it may in fact represent you it's called the piece by David Brooks the rising tide of global sadness 
and he says that um, he talks about Taylor Swift and how Taylor Swift's new album is apparently very brilliant, very wonderful, Midnight, it's uh, the title of the album, but that it's uh, about anxiety, restlessness, exhaustion, and occasionally anger. It turns out that Swift is part of a larger trend, he says. The researchers Charlotte Brand, Alberto Acerbi, and Alex Masudi uh, analyzed more than 150,000 pop songs released between 1965 and 2015. Over that time, the appearance of the word love in top 100 hits was uh, roughly cut in half. Meanwhile, the number of times such songs contain negative emotion, words like hate or anger, rose sharply. Pop music isn't the only thing that has gotten a, a lot harsher. David Rosado, Ruth Hughes, and Jamin Halberstadt analyzed 23 million headlines published between 2000 and 2019 by 47 different news outlets popular in the U.S. The headlines, too, grew significantly more negative with a greater proportion of headlines denoting anger, fear, disgust, and sadness. Headlines in left-leaning media got a lot more negative, but headlines in right-leaning publications <clears throat> got even more negative than that. And this during a period where we had a conservative leadership for much of that period. The negative uh, negativity in the culture reflects the uh, negativity in real life. The general social survey asked people to rate their own happiness levels. Between 1990 and 2018, the share of Americans who put themselves in the lowest happiness category increased by more than 50%. And that was before the pandemic. Listen to this. The really bad news is abroad. Each year, Gallup surveys roughly 150,000 people in over 140 countries about the emotional life that they are leading. Experiences of negative emotions related to stress, sadness, anger, worry, and physical pain hit a record high worldwide last year. Gallup asked people in the survey to rate their lives on a scale from 0 to 10 with zero meaning you're living your worst possible life, and 10 meaning you're living your best possible life. 16 years ago, only 1.6% of people worldwide rated their life as a zero. As of last year, the share of people reporting the worst possible lives for themselves has more than quadrupled. The unhappiest people are even more unhappy. In 2006, the bottom fifth of the population gave themselves an average score of 2.5. Fifteen years later, the average score in the bottom quintile had dropped to 1.2. Can you imagine someone asks you to rate your life and you rate just barely above zero, 1.2? And that's a lot of people who have that rating? Uh, David Brooks doesn't really have an explanation of why this intense worldwide situation is going on. By the way, particularly intense in China and India. 
why there, where there has been so much rolling back of poverty, so much production of wealth. What is wrong with America and the world? I will continue talking about it on the Medved Show. More in terms of reactions from uh, other leading political figures to the attack on Paul Pelosi. Uh, still no word on the outcome of uh, the brain surgery that he apparently is undergoing, though there is now a, uh, a very clear indication of uh, that, uh, as mentioned before, uh, David DePape, the attacker who was aiming on Nancy Pelosi, and uh, how do we know? Because when the police arrived on the scene, he was still trying to tie up uh, Paul Pelosi and explained that he was waiting there for, for Nancy. And um, the, uh, it was at that point that he apparently began beating Paul Pelosi with the hammer he had used to break the windows to break into their home. Uh, the entire thing is, is appalling. Uh, Senator Susan Collins, a Republican of Maine, and uh, has been the subject of threats. She had a window broken at her home this summer. She said in a statement that she was horrified by this vicious attack on Paul Pelosi at his home. My prayers are with him, Speaker Pelosi, and their family. I'm perfectly fine. Good. In a recent Times... New York Times article about threats against lawmakers. Uh, Senator Collins said she would not be surprised if one were killed given the escalating threats. It's, uh, it's extraordinarily uh, disturbing, it seems to me. Uh, there's also an interesting context for uh, Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, uh, issued a tweet which in context is entirely appropriate, it seems to me. But here is what uh, Senator Rand Paul tweeted. He uh, uh, tweeted that uh, no one deserves to be assaulted. Amen. Unlike Nancy Pelosi's daughter who celebrated my assault, I condemn this attack and wish Mr. Pelosi a speedy recovery. The Assault on Senator Paul apparently was not political. He was having uh, arguments with his neighbor, his next-door neighbor, who's a physician, not somebody who lived in a storage shed in Berkeley. But uh, the physician was unhappy about Rand Paul not clearing away the leaves that had accumulated between their property. It was a argument about leaves. And even he just came over and tackled him and beat him up. And uh, his comments were in response to a March 2020 tweet that said, uh, uh, Twitter removed comments made by Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who appeared to endorse that 2017 assault on Paul in which he was attacked by his next-door neighbor and sustained broken ribs and bruises to his lungs. He was hospitalized. It was serious. And uh, Christine Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, had tweeted, 
Rand Paul's neighbor was right, which is despicable and uh, certainly deserves being called out by by Rand Paul on on this. Over the uh, past five years, the number of threat investigations launched by the U.S. Capitol Police has skyrocketed from 3,939, so almost 4,000, to 9,625 in just four years. That's uh, obviously uh, more than doubling. It's a spike of almost 150%, according to numbers provided by the Capitol Police Department. Uh, And how does this connect with the uh, negative view of people's own lives in this world? The uh, misery influences politics, writes David Brooks. Uh, James Carville famously said, it's the economy, stupid, but that's too narrow. Often it's human flourishing, stupid, including community cohesion, a sense of being respected, social connection. George Ward of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology has argued that subjective measures of well-being are more predictive of some election outcomes than economic measures. Measures of well-being dropped in Tunisia and Egypt before the Arab uprisings. Well-being dropped in Britain before the Brexit vote. Counties in the United States that saw the largest gain in voting Republican for president between the 2012 election and Donald Trump's election in 2016 were also those counties where people rated their lives Uh, the worst. If uh, misery keeps rising, he writes, uh, what can we expect in the future? Well, rising levels of populism, for one. And second, greater civil interest, uh, civil unrest across the board. Clifton uh, noted that according to the Global Peace Index, civic uh, discontent, riots, strikes, anti-government demonstrations increased by 244% from 2011-2019. And again, that's before the pandemic. We live in a world of widening emotional inequality. The top 20% of the world is experiencing the highest levels of happiness and well-being since Gallup began measuring those things. The bottom 20% is experiencing by far the worst since Gallup has been measuring that human happiness index. It's a fundamentally unjust and unstable situation. The emotional health of the world, he writes, is shattering. Now somebody who has something to do with that, it seems to me, uh, just spoke, he spoke for four hours. No, really? Uh, That was to put aside some rumors about his ill health or frailty or something of that order. Uh, President Vladimir Putin declared yesterday that Russia's battle was against Western elites, not with the West itself. In a speech seemingly aimed more at winning over 
political conservatives abroad than appealing to his own citizens. Mr. Putin, addressing an annual foreign policy conference outside Moscow, appeared intent on capitalizing on political divisions in the United States and its allies that have only heightened since they began showering Ukraine with military aid to fend off the Russian invasion. There are at least two Wests, uh, Mr. Putin said. That doesn't include Kanye West, by the way. There are at least two Wests, he said. One, he said, is a West of traditional, mainly Christian values to which Russians feel kinship. But, he said, there's another West, aggressive, cosmopolitan, neo-colonial, acting as the weapon of the neoliberal elite and trying to impose its strange values on everyone else. He peppered his remarks with references to dozens of genders and gay parades. Uh, Mr. Putin, as he often does, portrayed Russia as threatened by the possible expansion of NATO and the values of its liberal democracies uh, to countries like Ukraine that were once part of the Soviet Union. Uh, it uh, goes on. When he uses the term uh, cosmopolitan to describe these weird elites that he is attacking, you know what that is? It's a code word for anti-Semitism. Now, how do I know that? In the uh, novel by the Nobel Prize winner Alexander Solzhenitsyn, The Seventh Circle, he writes about his experience in a Stalinist prison camp. And he talks about the Jews who were in, in prison there, largely just because they were Jewish, because uh, Joseph Stalin was a big anti-Semite. And the Jews were referred to as cosmopolites. I would bet you it's the same word that uh, Putin used in his speech in Russian. This uh, whole idea that there are these evil elites that we're fighting, aggressive, cosmopolitan, neo-colonial, acting as the weapon of the neoliberal elite and trying to impose its strange values on everyone else. Um, this at uh, the day after, actually delivered the remarks on the day of the anniversary of the shooting of the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. Lessons from that? That's well, worth talking about. And uh, also worth talking about how do we avoid more upset, more division, and more potential violence surrounding an election which has stirred such deep emotions on all sides in this greatest nation on God's green earth.